Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Should I Play That? I'm your host, SSJ Blackrod, aka XX by XX, aka The Great 109, aka Venture. <laughs> Every week it's, it's going to be something different. <laughs> I'm also here with our the host, Custom Shrew himself. Rod, what's going on, man? Rod. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Ah, oh, nothing much. I'm doing okay. Very happy to be here as usual. Also, coming off of a very busy week for both of us, actually. Yes, very, we were, very, very busy. Yeah, we were both out of town uh, around the same time. Not in the same yep. place, but I thought that was funny. So, how uh, how did your trip go? Uh, it went really well. Um, and where'd you go? I went to, to good old New Orleans and... Wait, do I have to throw the baby at the end of that? Uh, as someone with a mother uh, from Louisiana, I would say that you definitely have to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so, so New Orleans. Um, I. What's interesting about New Orleans, or at least this trip for New Orleans, is that it was a quote-unquote business trip, so that I couldn't, like, you know, you know, get turned and get lit the whole time. So it wasn't like a it wasn't like a leisure uh, trip, but at the same time we got to eat. Which if you get to do anything in New Orleans, go out and find food and eat because exactly. the food is amazing. Yeah, what'd you eat? Um, whoa, listen. All right, so um, <laughs> we went to a couple of like Cajun restaurants. We went to a um like a New Orleans like school of cooking thing where like we sat down and like the cook like showed us how he prepared everything and like top-notch stuff like went through like the whole like you know appetizer main course dessert like showed us how everything was made and then uh the next day I felt like I literally ate brunch the whole day or ate like uh, breakfast you know I had a uh had some breakfast foods I had a bun I had brunch on a boat which is pretty cool that is like the most Louisiana thing in the it world it it really is like the weather was perfect. Like I felt like I needed to have like the hat and like you know like the straw coming out of my mouth or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. it was yeah like it was. I mean it was, it's a really cool experience. There's a lot of culture uh, in that town. Um, yeah, it's unlike anything else in the country. It's if you don't really uh, if you've never been like it really like takes the cultural aspects of like the Caribbean. And like a lot of like, uh, yeah, oh, French I, French culture, French, French culture, uh, a lot of Caribbean culture, um, and like for me, like that's that's where it hit home, as uh, you know, being you know Haitian, uh, seeing seeing some of the like the you know the culture like be present there, it was pretty cool. And the food, oh, did I say anything? Did I say something about the food already? Yeah, um, no, I actually no, you haven't. You haven't said enough about the food. The food was great and i feel like i haven't even like touched like the it was just the, the tip of the iceberg with the food tip of the, tip of the iceberg nice so, nice uh so yeah so that was great uh what about you man how's your how's your weekend it was it was really good man i went to a wedding in north carolina which was about four and a, four and a half hours or so um from where we are in atlanta and and it was it was good it was good a friend of mine is getting married and uh got to see her do that and it was fantastic it was the first outside wedding i'd ever been to before 
Um, and apparently it snowed up there like a couple days prior to the wedding. Like I was, I didn't know that. It didn't look like it did at all. Um, the weather was perfect. It was like 75, 80. Um, but the pollen was everywhere. And worse, uh, worse than Georgia. I couldn't really breathe after a certain, maybe like a couple hours, um, after, outside of like, or after being out of there. And, um, so I can't tell. I honestly couldn't tell. It seemed about the same to me, which is to say pretty bad. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really fun, man. I, I had a good time. We, we, we drank a lot, uh, and, and talked and, you know, good conversation. It was, it was exactly what you would want from a situation like that. So yeah, it was really good. Left no time for games on my end though. I had no time to play a lot of video games. I played a little bit of Division 2, but not a lot. Not really much worthy of kind of like talking about here. Um, but I did purchase the Phoenix Wright trilogy on Switch, which I have not played yet. I've played the games, but I have not played this Switch version yet. And if you've been listening to us, following us for a while um, on our on the previous iterations of our show, you know how big of a fan I am of that franchise. And I've talked about that those games at length. I will likely talk about them at least one more time next week. Um, <laughs> but I know... And, 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 they're, and they're really great games. If you've never played them, definitely like look into it. It's great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They're great games. They're fantastic. They are, one might say, some of the best game experiences you can have. Um, and I will definitely be talking more about that at... L- probably laborious length next week so look forward to that uh chris did your trip leave you for any time with games all right so i i guess this is i guess this is us officially doing our what you've been playing segment um oh yeah i'm so, sorry chris what you've been playing yeah there it is <laughs> so man now that's 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 what it feels like to get that that ball tossed up in the air to get alley-oop all right so uh, same situation. Um, I, you know, with, with traveling, with work, uh, it was a, it was a light week. Um, so I'll start it off with like, I, I want I guess I'll, I guess I'll start it off with, um, when I played home console wise, which was pretty interesting because this system, you could do both with it. Uh, for the most part this week, I've been rocking my Switch. So the first half of the week, I've been, I want to say I've been heavily playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, but if uh, if you guys follow us on our YouTube page, you'll get notifications on whenever we do stream. And I want to say it was maybe Saturday, we streamed a, uh, like, just a little quick session of uh, me and a friend, we're just doing some uh, some Smash Brothers, uh, some quick, you know, some one-on-ones, I had some, had some uh, fans uh, aka some some of our top one of our top fans on Facebook joined the lobby, so that was pretty fun. And uh, Smash Brothers is just gonna be Smash Brothers, like it's really fun. Uh, it's competitive. We want it to be competitive, but then at the same time, um, uh, later on the trip, I played it on handheld and I played with other people, and they played completely different. They it, it, it was sort of weird, like they played one minute matches with items and i was like yo what can i do in one minute with items like it's super random but we still had fun which at the end of the day i think that's what sakurai wanted he wanted us to just have fun with the game yeah that's it no no 
you know, only Final Destination. No, only no items. No, none of this. You know, yeah. he just wants. And like we're know. playing, we're playing like, uh, like the the regular stages with stage hazards on. I yeah. was like, yo, you guys are playing recklessly, but hey, if we're <laughs> if we're doing this this way, then let's go ahead and go for yeah. it. Which is not to say that, like, obviously people have made their own fun with that franchise, and that's fine. I think it's a little obnoxious when people say, no, this is the only way to play Smash Brothers. Like, no, actually, it's not. Like, that's actually a fact. It's not the only way to play, but, you know... And then then when you go and look at, like, the amount of options that you have in this game to, like, just play with, like, certain items, play with items without, play with particular ones, play with assist trophies... Mess right. with like the damage modifiers, um, mess with the size of the characters. Like, there's so much you could do in this game. Yeah, there that, really is. Like, you're really confining yourself in a box. So, like, I, I feel like when you do play with items, when you do play with different rules, that's when you could really test yourself as a player to see how well you adapt. Yeah, I mean, it's like playing Mario Kart with no items to me. It's like items are half the fun. Are some of the items like bullshit? Yes. But I mean, that's kind of part of the game. It's the name of the game. Yeah, know, so. and then, like, and I feel like it's sort of like um, when you look at like traditional like card games. Like people have house rules. So right. if you're like playing a card game or so on, they're like, hey, you know, this is a house rule. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Don't come to my house to play Smash Brothers. So. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so that was, so so that was that with Smash Brothers. Um, that's always going to be fun. More news on the Smash Brothers stuff, I guess, down the road in the episode, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but I guess the the game that I spent the most time with uh, this weekend was Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Okay. This and is the $60 game, right? This is a $60 game. That Oof. is that is six $10 bills. That is... <laughs> I might even do the math with like the red, like pennies and quarters. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's um all right. So let me let me build this up. So I am a huge Dragon Ball fan. If you couldn't guess with my right, really, <laughs> yeah, with, with my handle, you know, oh, okay. Blackerot, which I love that when I you know either go into like a chat room or go into like any, anywhere anywhere that I'm like you you see that as like my name. I love like some people try and dissect the name, like they com- some people completely butcher it. They're like, yeah. "Oh, black carrot? Okay, cool, whatever." Yeah, literally. And then some people will like they look at it and like SSJ. Wait, wait, I've seen that before. And then black rot. They're like, "Wait, cat? Oh, I get what you did there." I'm like, "Yeah, you get it. You're a real one. Points for you." But yes, big Dragon Ball fan. So when it comes down to um, you know, watching watching the anime, reading the manga, uh, playing the games. Like I am for it. I will pick up the games. I will, I'll you know when when uh, the Dragon Ball Super movie came out. I got a bunch of friends and in Atlanta, and we all started together. Like I love I love Dragon Ball. So that's a whole way just to set up that you know this game I had to pick up. Um, Super Dragon Ball Heroes. It's out on the Switch. It's out on the PC. It's sixty dollars, and it's a port of a port for the arcades. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so it's an arcade game first. Yes, and then they it's an arcade, ported it to it's mobile. An arcade, yeah, it's like an arcade card game. Okay, okay. 
and then they took that and then they ported it. They didn't port it to mobile, but they ported it to the 3DS. Okay, to 3DS. Okay. So it's a, so this is natively a 3DS game that they took and ported over to the Switch and PC. Okay. okay. So um so straight up the bat, it is not a fighter. It's a card game. So you're collecting you're collecting cards of the characters of the franchise. You have um, and it's like, and it covers everything. It covers Dragon Ball, covers Dragon Ball Z, covers the movies, covers, um, like some, like some, like what if scenarios that aren't really canon per se, but like if you follow Dragon Ball, you might know about it. Um, and then also covers, like, if you've played any of the games in the past, what it feels like decade with like the Dragon Ball, like, um, Xenoverse, like that whole like time patrol storyline, mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. also covers that too. So, um, like the whole like time patrol thing, like that's something that like I guess they they're running with, but like it's not part of like the anime slash manga canon. Yeah, yet. yeah. So I was about to say this is yeah they've been making like these these shorts, which I thought mm-hmm. was. I didn't know what that was because I mean I'm a I'm a Dragon Ball fan myself. Like I I enjoy the franchise and and. I didn't know what the deal was with these shorts. Yeah, um, so the, so the shorts were pretty much just they were um, promoting the game, which um, they're totally non-canon, right? Yeah, totally. Like has nothing to do with like Dragon Ball Super. They they're using the characters and they're using what's happened in Dragon Ball Super, in Dragon Ball Super Dragon Ball Heroes. So like all of that ties together, but. Um, it's it's a giant like fan servicey thing. Okay. So like when you if you've ever like gone on the internet and you've seen Super Saiyan Four Broly, like you're like wait that's never happened before, but there's like official artwork of it. It's from Dragon Ball Heroes, pretty much. Mm. When you look at um, like Golden Form Cooler, that's from Dragon Ball Heroes. So all the, like a lot of like these uh, like artwork that you've seen that looks really official. It's most likely from this franchise. And, like, it's cool. Like, it's, uh, it's a lot of, like, extra, like, you know, story bits for the fans. Like, like, like I said, you know, what if there was a Super Saiyan for Broly? What if, uh, Cooler, uh, obtained the golden form? Like, how, how, how would the Sea Fighters, you know, how would they react to that? Um, so, like, the, the story and everything, it's, I I wouldn't say like great. It's mm. like it's it's serviceable. Like when I if I rate it from like um like you you played the um Dragon Ball Fighters like yeah. the actual fighting game. Mm-hmm. So similar to like how that story is like a Dragon Ball story, but it's right. not really directly tied to the show. Think of it like that. Right. Okay. So in this game, you're playing as a kid who he um of course he's a chosen one. He can uh he reacts weirdly to like these cards like he could feel like the power you know coming out of the cards or whatever so um he's able to with like the help of like a device jump into the dragon ball world through a game okay so that's how like he's able to like you know go on the adventure of course with the story which i'm i guess somewhat going to spoiler alert which if you care about that, yeah, but I mean, if you followed up on the game, like, a lot of this stuff is on, like, on the back of the box. Okay. So, 
um, a lot of the things that's happening in the game now starts happening in the real world. And you now have to use like your power to now transform into your in-game character and fight the in-game characters that are in the real world. You have to pretty much fix the calamity to save the world. And like, and it also ties into the whole time patrol stuff too. So like, I haven't gotten that far into the game yet where so far they're just teasing it and like they're, they're showing that that's going to like be of importance later down the road. Right. So it's, it's something where like, if you care, if you care about that stuff, like that will hold your attention. Um, and I haven't even really gotten into the gameplay yet. The gameplay, it's, it's not like it's, it's, it's simple. But at the same time, it's really, really complex. So, which it, I mean, that sounds like what you ideally what you would want from a card game, right? Exactly. So, um, I I want to say like the first I I think right now I'm on chapter three or four. I don't know how long like the story mode is, but like if you know, give or take, me getting to chapter four is maybe three or four hours into the game, if that. If that. That's a huge if. Okay. Um, and, like, the first two chapters are, like, really, like, you know, tutorial. This is how you play the game. This is what these certain cards mean. And it's it's a, it's a card game. So, like, you have your different characters, and they all have, like, different, like, type of, like, you know, cards that they are. But then they all have, like, different effects. Right. Like, after a certain turn, then your character may, like, uh, have, like, an ability that, like, turns them into, like, a Super Saiyan or Super Saiyan God. Like, it's mm-hmm. random stuff, or they might, like, shoot out, like, an ultimate or something like that. So, um, at the very beginning of the game, a lot of that stuff's super simple. You could really blast through the beginning bit of the story. But, like, now I'm starting to get to the point where uh, instead of equipping all of, like, my strongest cards, I actually, actually have to now look at what effects some of these characters have and like for example, like I just put a like a really low level Piccolo um card in my deck. Which and it's not even deck, it's like you could fight with oh, I think seven characters. So low level Piccolo. Huh. Yo, chill. Listen, I'm sorry. Like for all the Piccolo fans out there, more <laughs> or less like it's all like the I, I'm using him for the effect that he gives me. And like if one of my characters, I think, if their energy gets too low like, he'll, uh, he'll get, I think he'll either give them an attack boost or he'll get the attack boost. It's something like that where, like, I was like, oh, that's actually a pretty clutch thing because my characters are, uh, like, they're, they're running out of energy pretty quickly. So, like, it's a lot of, like, having characters on the front line to attack, but then having characters on the back line to build up their key. So I'm trying, of... I'm trying to imagine like what this looks like. This isn't just like some static screen with a bunch of cards, right? Like no, it's not. Yeah, so yeah. when you when you start a round, you can have characters um, on the front line to attack. You have like a midsection, which I think is supposed to be support, and then you have the back line where like they're regaining their stamina. And you're actually um, seeing these characters, and and, yeah, and you actually see these characters. Um, like, well, you see the cards while you're setting this stuff up, but then when the right. turn starts, it then like zooms into like the field, and you see the characters doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when you have the characters, quote unquote, either attacking or in support on the field, they it it pretty much like gives you like a overall attack score. So, so you could choose to have your characters on the field 
for your attack score, but then if, um, and you use that to like determine whether or not you move first or you move second. Um, but if you, if your characters don't have energy and like, let's say, uh, the other team has more energy than you or more attack power, they can move first. And then if you have low stamina or low key, they attack you and you miss out on the, it's like a, a bar, like a charge bar that you have to, uh, time correctly, so you can either attack or defend. So if you're defending and the opponent wins and you don't have energy, then that character then becomes stunned, so that when it's your turn to attack, they can't attack. Okay. So okay. this so this is the part of the game where it's like, I, I'm trying to explain it in a way where you guys can picture it, but there's a lot that's going on at the same time. Right, I'm sure a lot of the nuance is lost, but like, you know, because you won't know until you're actually in it playing. Exactly. Um, so, I don't know, like I said, like, now I'm at the point where, like, now I'm thinking about, uh, who's, like, you know, part of my team, and, like, because, like, the first two chapters, I ran with all Gokus. I ran with... As you Instinct. do. Yes, I ran with, uh, the main character, which he's, like, a Goku fan. I, or at least that's how I guess I, how I set him up. Um, I ran with a, uh, I guess a, a Super Saiyan Rage Goku a Super Saiyan 3 Goku, a Ultra Instinct Goku. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, and, and like I said, since it's part of like the whole, like it's a, like the time patrol type of like, this, that's why it makes sense why all these Gokus are here. Right. Sort of, kind of. Um, and then like, as it's pertaining to the story, like you'll run into instances where you ran into Mecha Frieza and like you beat him, but then, actual Frieza from Namek Saga shows up because like it's uh, like these calamities are like causing things to happen out of order. So like that the Frieza from Namek Saga who didn't fight Goku yet, he shows up and both Frieza's interact with each other as if like they're actually interacting with each other for the first time. Right. So there's a lot of like weird stuff and a lot of like fan service stuff. So like uh, the, like the first chapter, you're going against, uh, Saiyan Saga Vegeta. And the first, like the first battle, you beat him, you beat, like he has, uh, Raditz with him, which didn't happen. He had Turles with him, which didn't happen. And when you beat them, your characters are like, oh wow, we actually beat Vegeta. Like, this is cool. And Vegeta's like, yeah, if you thought, <laughs> he's like, psych, he thought that, <laughs> that you won. And he turns Super Saiyan 3. Does he ever do that in the show? No, he never does that in the show. So, okay. yeah, so, like, it's a lot of, like, weird, like, things that don't happen happens in this. Okay. So it's like a what if. It's a giant what if thing. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, it's uh, so it's your character trying to fix, like, the, the, the storyline or the, you know, the timeline and make sure everything's back to where it was. Right, right. Which, like, like I said, if you've played any of the other Dragon Ball Xenoverse games, that's basically what's happening in those. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about... So, like, I've said a lot so far about Dragon Ball, Super Dragon Ball Heroes. And from what I'm making it sound like, I'm making it sound like I'm having fun playing it, right? Yeah, I was about to say, so where's the part where you hate it? Okay, so it's not the part that I hate it. Because, I all right, so if you were to ask me... Like, around the time I finished Chapter 2, I was pretty mad. I was like, wow, this game is 
it like like I said, like the game was pretty easy. So like I had a team full of Goku's and I was just powering through everything. Now like the computer, uh, like I said, when you're attacking and defending, you have that charge bar. Like now I have the computer actually getting perfects on these charge bars. So like now they're attacking first. And now they're like using uh, specific characters to get boost and everything like that to get like abilities where they attack twice. So now I actually have to think about who's on my team. And it's becoming more, like, in-depth. So now I'm like, all right, this is cool. It's not a shallow game. I can dig this. Okay. My gripe is that I paid $60 for this game. Where I feel like uh, this game could have easily have been a free-to-play Mm-hmm. And, like, the way they set up, like, getting new cards and getting new characters in this game, it's basically like a free-to-play where when you finish a match, you get, I want to say loot boxes, but you get tickets to go to the store to redeem them for a random chance to get a character. Ew. Exactly. So Okay, you'll, yeah, I don't like the sound so, of that at all. Exactly. So like you'll get you'll you'll get you finish a match, you'll get like three tickets. Uh you'll you either get like a regular ticket or you could get like an ultra ticket. And when you go to the store, you can either redeem them uh like you know, one by one and get a random card or character. Mm-hmm. Or you can redeem them by tens and get like ten characters, but with a chance to get like a stronger, like ultra rare when you do that. So, doesn't that sound like a mobile game to you? Yeah, the whole time I was like, why is this not a mobile game? Like, the entire time you've been describing this. Exactly. So, uh, like, when I play games like this, like, I, I sit back and, like, I think that seeing how, like, the format and, like, the gameplay loop is for this game, I see a I see a mobile game. Like, this could have easily have been on the phone. It easily could have been a free-to-play and, like, the mechanics of, like, getting characters in this game is all based on randomness. So, and it's also weird because they don't, at least not that I'm seeing, they don't have an option to actually pay extra money to get tickets. So that's a good thing. Yeah. But, this, but at the same time, it's like, I, I really could be playing this on my phone. I don't understand why you wouldn't be. Well, I mean, I guess because it's not available there, but I figured it was it would only be a matter of time. This is like the perfect mobile game pla- or mobile kind of platform, kind of strategy that you would implement. Exactly. This is a yeah. perfect mobile game. This is something that I would rather be playing on my phone. Like, I I honestly don't really see myself plugging this into my, like my dock and playing this on the TV. This is right. only going to be like one of my handheld experience games. Right. And I don't know, like, at the end of the day, when I sit back and, like, justify paying 60 bucks for this game, I really, I honestly, like, and this, like, I, like, I set this whole thing up, I am a big Dragon Ball fan. I could not recommend this for $60. Mm. So, well, yeah, I already think a kind of a card game like this, and not to say that, a card game can't be worth that much, but I mean, nothing you've described screams out to me, um, you know, hey, this is w- worth a whole uh, double the amount you would think it would be. Yeah, because when I was originally picking up the game, I was thinking, oh, this has to be like a $30, $40 game's tops. And when it rang up sixty four nineteen, I looked at the person, I was like, yo, I'm picking up Dragon Ball, I'm not picking up 
like Zelda or Mario. I'm not picking up like a full console game. I'm picking up Dragon Ball Heroes. He's like, yeah, this is a sixty dollar game, bro. Pay up. <laughs> yeah, and and I paid up. So I don't know. Like I like I said. Like I guess right now, uh, this is more or less like a quick look situation. And what I want to do is I want to maybe stream on our Facebook page a quick look where like I can sort of explain this a little bit more because you do I I, I do want to show this to you. I want to show how like the, the you know everything works and everything. I feel like you'll you'll see it better than how I'm explaining it. But All at right. the same time, but at the same time, like the the biggest gripes I have is that um, it's built as a arcade game. It's built as a mobile game. So right. I the price point is really hard to defend. It's really hard to really recommend this. So when it comes down to us saying should you play that. Um, I know normally we wait after the quick look. We wait after the first impressions and we'll maybe the next week give like a final like, hey, yeah. I played a little bit more. This is, you know, what I really feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess until like next week when I do have more time with the game, it's honestly not looking like a pickup. It, it's it's definitely like a wait for wait you know until it goes on sale wait sale yeah deep discount i mean it sounds it, like you know if you're wait, looking for honestly wait until if they do turn this into a mobile game wait until then because it screams mobile game yeah screams even, maybe, even, maybe. even graphically like uh it, it doesn't really look great it's yeah. still it doesn't really you know run really well so and that's yeah. like even when I I did that you know at one point play it docked it still didn't really run that well. Mm. Yeah, I mean it also could have a free to play model as well at some point. Like I mean, I, See, but, 60... mm-hmm. but at that point, like the people that paid sixty dollars, like what do you give to us at that point? Well, Maybe... yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. That's. I, I know that there's got to be there, there hasn't there there's been situations right where I mean Fortnite look at Fortnite right like although I guess you could say oh they said it was early access quote unquote right like listen at the end of the day I feel hoodwinked I feel bamboozled I feel led astray <laughs> I I just man. I just feel like I got got I got I got finessed. Mm. That's not a good feeling. Well, that <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry that that uh, Dragon Ball Heroes is not uh, it, it did not live up to your expectations. But here's but here's the thing though, like mm-hmm. going into it, it's sort of like the feeling that you had when you picked up Anthem. Mm-hmm. I knew what I was getting myself into, mm. so it's partially on my fault for like going along with the train wreck. Mm. It it's like you every time. It's like it's like stepping. It's like you know about to take step onto the Titanic, and like you're thinking, hmm, something about this just doesn't feel right. And you're like, oh well, what's the worst that could happen? And you step on anyways. Yeah. You just you you can't help it. You can't help but do it to yourself. Yeah. And I don't mean you specifically, but just like people in general. I did it with Anthem, like you just said. You know, I did it with Anthem. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, so with that, that's our that's our uh what you've been playing for the week. And uh hopefully uh, I mean, like I said, uh check us out on Facebook. Uh check us out of course on our other social media pages, but like Facebook in particular, type in should I play that, like the page, and whenever we do go live, uh hopefully you'll see me do this quick look. Mm. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, speaking of things we didn't like and Anthem, uh, we could hop right into our news segment, right? Yep. And we had a few pieces here that we wanted to quickly mention. I wanted to jump in for a moment. We had our spectacular episode last week about about Anthem and, and Jason Schreier's article from Kotaku, his article on the development of of Anthem, what was going on behind the scenes, um, and why that game kind of turned out the way it did. And it was because it was at the cost of the health and mental fortitude of, of BioWare's employees, unfortunately. And I uh, just wanted to quickly follow up on that. Not going to talk at length about it because, we, I mean, if you want to hear what we have to say about it, check out last week's episode. I believe it's like the entire last hour of that episode. Uh, we, we talk about it at length. But I just wanted to quickly update and say that Casey Hudson, in the middle or late last week, before or after we had recorded already, uh, he actually res- responded to to the article. There was a, well, there was an internal memo specifically about the article and and him explaining to his employees what was going on. Uh, if you don't know, Casey Hudson is the current CEO, I believe the current president of BioWare. Um, so obviously someone in a leadership role. Um, and just a couple things he, he mentions here. Uh, he said he, he did make mention of the article and how many, how it named uh, many problems in the development of Anthem. Specifically, I wanted to call out uh, some of the, the things he said here. He said, quote, we did not decide to participate in the article um, and make a statement on it because they, uh, the article named specific developers as targets for public criticism. It's unfair and extremely traumatizing to single out people in this way. We can't accept that treatment towards any of our staff. Another choice quote I wanted to mention very quickly is – he said, quote, I am committed to getting us to a place where we are develop, delivering on the highest expectations for Bioware games through a work environment that's among the very best in the world. With your help, we will get there. I know there's much more to do, and we will talk in more detail about other actions. We have planning in response to internal feedback and postmortems, and next week's all hands. As always, please continue to provide feedback on further steps we could take to make Bioware the best possible place to work, end quote. If you want to read more of that memo, it's out there on the internet. Um, I just wanted to update people and kind of a book into that conversation from last week. And uh, I don't have too many more comments to add to that. You can kind of take that as you will. They're clearly, you know, putting on a, um, they're, they're at least, there, there was a memo going out saying that they're open to listening. So take that as you will. Um, I feel like Bioware's initial response was pouring gasoline on the fire. Wait, I take that back. Pouring gasoline on the dumpster fire. And what Casey Hudson did was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's gasoline we're putting on the fire. Let's put 
Let's put some sand, at least. Let's put something that will, like, smother the flames a little bit. So it yeah. helped out, but there's still a fire. There's still a dumpster fire going on. Yeah. Um, I, and, I mean, he seems to sort of acknowledge that in, in some of your I, – I didn't read the specific quotes here, but, I mean, he goes at length at saying that they've developed, you know, different missions and values and, and um, different structure for the company to kind of – better improve things there going forward. So, I mean, we'll see, right? I mean, we'll, we'll see. That's all I can really say about it. You know, obviously these the people, the damage that was done has been done. Um, he seems to, I don't particularly, Casey Hudson doesn't, doesn't strike me as someone who is in the past when he was working on the Mass Effect franchise as someone who is, uh, an openly malicious person. Um, you know, but you know, I, I, I don't work there. I can't, I can't speak to any of that, how true any of that is. Um, but you know, I just wanted to really book in that, that conversation from last week. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll, we'll see, uh, something, I hope something good comes out of this. I hope they turn things around because I mean, they, they put out, you know, some really good franchises. So I'd, I'd hate to see, uh, you know, no more Mass Effects. I hate to see no more Dragon Ages. Uh, and I hate to see all these people lose their jobs. So, yeah, I'd hate to see people suffering in general. So, like, exactly. let's hope let, let's hope that that things do change and that you know, on top of getting good games, I I hope that you know these people are are working in a healthy environment. You know, it makes me sad that people in a, the medium that I love are get treated this way on the daily, and it's not just Bioware. Um, it's it's a lot of other AAA studios, so I hope that that improves across the board. Yeah. All right, so that's that's the end of that. Um, next up, uh, a and this is huge because it, it this news broke out as of like this as of this recording, but it happened today of the you know the day of us recording this. But a promise that Sony has made, like a couple well about a year ago. Um, they, they went out and said that, uh, we won't have another PlayStation experience until this change is made. And when it came to having a, like a PlayStation experience, they're like, oh yeah, no PlayStation experience this year. So that's sort of on them, that's them sort of like, you know, recovering from them putting out that promise. Mm -hmm. But as of now, PlayStation users can now change their PSN name. So no more having XX in front of your name. No more uh, having some really cringy, you know, names or having a name that you don't really want to use anymore. You could, you could actually change it. I think the heavens have parted. Uh, the skies have turned clear. You know, it's a new day. It's a new day. Yeah, so uh, basically how it works, you go, um, you should be able to do it on the console or through a browser, and the first name change is going to be free, uh, but each time that you change the name after that, if you don't have PlayStation Plus, it'll be $9.99 each time, but if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, it'll be $4.99, so I feel like that's on level on what Microsoft does with uh, their name changes, which actually... Now that I think about it, I don't think they offer the discount for the name change if you're a PlayStation or if you're an Xbox Live member. I think it's just a flat $10 each time. Wow, okay. 
Yeah. So uh, Sony, they they claim in the um, in this article that your old username will still belong to you, so that if you want to roll back and use that PSN name, you can. Um, but the issue is, is that uh, most games are uh, either released on April 1st to on the 18 and past that really shouldn't have too many issues of your name change. But there is like a list of games that will have issues with it. I'm trying to see if I can pull that up. Yeah, that's a I'm not going to name on all of them, but I'm pretty sure this list will grow. So. A couple of games that's on here, you have uh, Dark Souls 2 and 3, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, um, NBA 2K19, Titanfall 2, Uncharted 4, Warframe. So like these are like bigger games that people, I, like, at least I see people still playing. Um, you may have issues with this theme change. And uh, there's a couple of games that have critical issues. So just be able to look out we, for that. But, but we don't know specifically like what those issues are at this point, right? Yeah, we we don't. Hmm, that's weird. Dark Souls, I can kind of see why that might be an issue, but something like Titanfall, I, I don't know why that would be a problem. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I guess it, it just falls down to like how they set up the PlayStation Network back when they created it. So seeing how they found like I guess a work around it, um, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, that was the whole problem. Yeah, I mean, the the reason why that you couldn't change your name before is exactly what you just said. The infrastructure that PlayStation Network was initially built upon, it, it just didn't allow for that. Um, but I, I specifically for certain games, I don't remember anything specifically in Titanfall that would, like, affect that. Like, it's not like you put your name on, like, a mech or something. Um, at least not that I remember. Maybe you did at some point. Uh, Dark Souls might be a little different because of the way that those servers are run. I could see that, like, if you leave a like a, a message or something for someone, like, I don't know, like, how names get factored into that. Like, I, I don't know. That might prove a little strange. And then it also, like, sort of goes back to how they're saying that your original name still belongs to you. So, like, you know how, like, if um, in terms, I guess with, like, social media, how, like, you can... Uh, get off of the name, and then it goes back open into the world for anyone to pick up. That's not the case for PlayStation Network. Like, if you change your name, you still technically own the name. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, yeah. so I mean, it's it's cool. Like, I, I it's about time that they delivered on this, so I'm glad that they were able to find some sort of, like, fix for this. Mm-hmm. But for people like me, who's who already, like, created multiple accounts... And, like, right now, I sort of bounce in between two. Um, I don't I don't know what to feel anymore. Like, I feel like I could go back and, like... I, actually, I honestly... I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I might just keep doing what I'm doing now. Yeah, you could. Yeah. But it's, it's good for everyone else that didn't make the boneheaded decision uh, like I did <laughs> and make multiple accounts. I think, uh, Rod, you, you've just stuck with one account this whole time. So I, one account, man, I've had, this is actually my second, this is my second gaming name or gaming account, I would say in my entire life. Um, I had one particular one, uh, one particular name when I had Xbox Live, like the original Xbox Live. And then I think on 360, I, st- I changed it to something else and then I, brought that over to PlayStation. So, yeah. 
Yeah, just one man. I try to I try to keep just one as much as possible. <laughs> I I have an active imagination, man. So listen, I feel one way one time, and then and actually, I think I yeah, shoot, I actually have like a I think I have like a Destiny related one too. It was like Titan something. Like I don't remember because I only used it like a couple times. But yeah, that mm. yay, thanks, <laughs> thanks Tony <laughs> for delivering on this promise. Right, right. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, more news on the Nintendo Labo VR, uh, which as the time of this recording, April 12th, it should be released. You should be able to go out to the stores and pick one up yourself. But um, last week, they gave more info on how the Labo VR will get support for Mario Odyssey and Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, which one was like, okay, I, 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 I can sort of see that. But then the second was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I want to see how they do it. So with yeah. Super Mario Odyssey, it's really just tied behind specific levels, like bite-sized levels from the uh, game itself. Um, I, like how many how many worlds, I think, or how many levels? It's like about three, I think. Yeah, it's like three, maybe four. Um I definitely want to say, just on the record, that I remember when we talked about this. We, we spoke about this like a few weeks ago, and I think we said something. We may have said something along the lines of, you know, man, it'd be really cool if they put like, you know, something like Zelda on here. If it ever comes at all, it'll be a really long time, but I don't know if it's going to come. And uh, I was definitely wrong about that. Like, it definitely came way sooner than I was expecting it to. And yeah. that is super cool, super exciting. So with the Breath of the Wild uh, VR experience, it's not, you know, bite-sized levels. It's yeah. a you go to settings, you go to VR support, and you turn it on. And that's, that's it. insane. So the full game will be... Oh, so here's the thing. Here's the setup for it, though. The yeah. full game is going to be in VR. Uh, pre-rendered cutscenes won't work in VR. But it's not like first-person VR. It's like um, if you ever seen gameplay for Astrobot on the yes. PS4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more or less like that. It's a it's like a, like a top... Not top-down, but it's like a... It's like you looking into like a I guess a box or like a like a, a like a 3D plane of the world and you see it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So which I mean is it's not like the VR experience that we wanted being at first first person, but it's still really cool that they're able to get you know the whole game playable in this in this form. Mm-hmm. Which I really want to see how they did it because Skyrim, I was going to say Skyrim, uh, uh, Zelda in itself on handheld mode didn't run really well uh, in handheld. Uh, yeah, it could have ran better. For Yeah, it could have ran a little bit better. I, I didn't never really had a huge problem with it, but yeah, it wasn't as smooth as the docked version. But yeah, yeah, so like they, um, the frame rates would drop in certain sections and I really want to like it, it sounds like it's just gonna be like a, a throw up fest. Like you, if, if yeah. you haven't played VR before, like VR has to run at a constant sixty frames. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like any you know deviation of that, like it's you're gonna get motion sickness if you haven't already, and it's it's it makes the experience a lot worse. Absolutely. So 
seeing how, like I said, the game doesn't run the best on handheld, I, I'm quite interested to see what they have to sacrifice mm-hmm. to get it to run constant 60 frames. But here's the thing. If they got it to run at a constant 60, that automatically makes it better than the base handheld version, right? Yeah, yeah. So that would be the way you would want to play it. That's what you would think. Which I think that the Nintendo, I'm, I'm really glad that they're doing this as well because they're, they're kind of experimenting with uh, maybe some native VR experiences at some point, right? Like you would have to think. Yeah. Um, what? Here's the question though: What game? I guess it's like an open discussion. What game? Kid Icarus. Oh, okay. That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, I was I was thinking. Um, with Metroid Prime being like reworked, having adding that in, being able to yeah. play Metroid Prime in VR. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. I think that would work really well. And that's a good point about it being reworked too. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, especially with the the rumors that you know a more powerful Switch is coming. Um, I think that's even better for VR. Yeah. So I. I mean, I know down the road, and by down the road, um, possibly by this time next week, you'll go on the internet and people will have already created 3D printed versions of the, you know, the VR headset for the the Switch. So I just want to see if there's going to be any third party, like, accessory support where instead of going through, like, instead of having a cardboard headset, actually having like a you know, a sturdier headset to play these games. Because, and I don't know about you, but, like, I'm a, I'm a sweater, so I don't think I'd be able to play these experiences for a long time in the, the Labo VR kit. Right, right. I couldn't really say that about many VR experiences, maybe outside of Super Hot, but, like, yeah, I, I feel what you're saying here. Yeah, so... That's definitely interesting. Uh, that's going to be a... And depending on how I feel, I may or not, may not pick this up, honestly. So we'll see, we'll see next week if I, if I took the, if I bit the bullet and I picked this up. Because like I've, I've, I've been like itching to play VR again. Um, with all the talk of this, the, all the talk of like how No Man's Sky, like the, the VR, like I've been hearing impressions on like the VR version of No Man's Sky is like the best way of playing this game. Right, exactly. So I don't know. Like I've just been itching on buying, like rebuying another headset because I have, I re, you know, in the past had a cell mine. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if I could do something like this as like a little buffer, I don't mind that at all. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, you know, in the comments uh, on Facebook, let us know what Nintendo game would you like to see get VR support? I'd really like to know what you guys, you know, come up with. I would love to. All right. So uh, last up, um, you, there's uh, Xbox Game Pass tiers, which I actually don't really know too much about. I think I'll pass that over to you. Excellent. So uh, Microsoft released this this tier system. It's the uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription, I believe is what they're calling it. And I want to say that it is going to be kind of more in line as well with to, to be sold alongside the uh, uh, Microsoft Xbox One S All Digital Edition. That's a mouthful. Um, that comes later in, I want to say, this month, right? I think later in April. 
I believe that's correct. And so what it is is that you get the combination of Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold for $15 a month. That's kind of crazy. Um, you get them actually, I think, for 20 bucks now. Um, but you – so you're saving like kind of $5 with this deal. And I think it's notable not only because that is an insanely awesome value proposition. Like not only are you – well, I will say I do think the idea of playing – paying to play online with your console is bullshit um but if you have to do it like this is i mean and you have to do it unfortunately this is the way to go um i mean not only are you getting the 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 gold subscription for live but you're getting game pass which to me is increasingly being um it's increasingly become a a better reason to own an xbox um out of all the consoles i I would definitely say it has the most intriguing service um, and I don't think it's also a coincidence that, uh, you know, EA Access is the only console that, or Xbox is the only console that has EA Access. Um, it's, and if you don't know what Game Pass is, it's like a, it's like a vault of, of a bunch of games, digital games that you can download at any time. It's like Netflix for games, essentially. And it's been pretty impressive because the library has been growing steadily. Some games have been day and date with Game Pass. Well, I want to say four is a six, six or yeah. seven, whatever. All of their first-party titles have been day one. Right. Crackdown 3, like, all of these uh, games, uh, all these first-party games have to day and date with with, uh, Game Pass, which is incredible. Um, And the library is only growing. So I've actually actually thought about getting it for the PC, because you could do the whole um, Play Anywhere thing. Right. Exactly. That's a great point. Uh, maybe you could speak a little bit more to that, especially when you get into it, because I would love to hear what that experience is like uh, on, on PC. That that might be something I'm, I'm interested in as well. But um, I definitely want to say that uh, I wanted to call it out here because this is kind of the future. Like we're seeing the future kind of happen before our eyes, like with services like these. And I mean, whether it's going to be a good or bad thing remains to be seen. I don't, I'm not 100% certain, like, you know, who's going to bastardize this first, but I do think, like, out of the gate, like, this is a good thing. Um, and if you're wondering, like, oh, Rod, like, how could this possibly be bad? Um, I don't know. I'm not convinced if it's going to be bad in the sense of like oh i'm i wish that this didn't exist but it is in the age of like everything's a, literally everything is a service um you know it's it's another expense you know is your xbox a paperweight if you don't have this um quite possibly i don't know uh so it's 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 kind of a wait and see sort of situation i don't know chris what do you, what are you thinking i'd say that if you're if you're an xbox owner You'd be you're, you're severely missing out on not doing the game pass. So like, as as you know, I I, uh, I I'm not on Xbox anymore. But if I was, I'd definitely be a subscriber. So hearing that they're combining the two together, that's great. Um, did they give prices on if you want to do more than just one month? No, they haven't. It's just oh, strictly so, a right. monthly thing. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know about that. All right. Um, I mean. I still see the value in it, though. So, yeah, I still, yeah. yeah it's still a really good value because not only are you getting 
um, the Game Pass games. You're also getting the games that are naturally being given free. given to you free right. each month through Xbox Live. So, I mean, I've I've said this for a while. Not only on, well, I guess if you've listened to any of like our older content, but I've said that when it comes down to like, um, I guess like just services. Microsoft has like had the lead on services for a while. Like they've oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, the Xbox Live experience has just been better. Um they've always like they they've always seemed open to doing partnerships with like, you know, uh with the EA access program, with them doing their own Game Pass, with them doing the whole cross platform with Nintendo type of thing. So uh when it comes down to like just services Xbox has it like it really is like your you know it really is like a, like entertainment all in one all, machine all in one it's in the it's in the name it's in, it's the, in the, name. the name so like <laughs> uh, I'm 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 all for it honestly like it's yeah it's really cool and then like I feel like it it opens it may open up to uh, like I said before with the play anywhere initiative like if you yeah. wanted to play you know gears. Uh, if you wanted to play Forza on your PC, now you're open to that. But yeah. then, uh, uh, I, I hate doing this and I feel dirty about talking about it, but with like past episodes with the speculation that, you know, Microsoft is getting in bed with Nintendo, like, what's that gonna be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're doing this xCloud gaming stream thing where like they're, Streaming games to, you know, uh, mobile and PCs and like all sorts of things. So like they're really experimenting with this idea of play anywhere, as you mentioned before. Um, and I think Nintendo Switch has really tapped into that. And I think Microsoft has recognized it, you know? Yeah. So wow. Once again, this will be another, you know, emerging story. We'll talk about it most likely when more information comes out down the road. So yeah. we'll sort of just bookmark that, you know, um, and we'll just leave it at that. Once again, join the conversation, guys. Let us know what you guys think about it uh, anywhere, whether or not it's on Facebook, whether or not it's in our Discord, which I'm going to start posting links to that. We have a Discord. And also um, on like other social media platforms that we're on. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So to wrap it up this week, um, I feel like it's a – like we said before – it's been a softer week. It's been a slower week. So we sort of just want to, like, sit back, relax, and sort of look into the future the rest of the month. It's, you know, April April 12th right now. Um, we I'm not going to say we're halfway through the month, but we're getting close to halfway through the month. Getting close, yeah. Getting close. And there's still a couple of, like, heavy hitters coming out this month. So we just sort of want to, like, give the time to sort of I guess, talk about what we're looking forward to, what we may pick up day one and, and, or pick up later down the road. So, uh, as of today, uh, Nintendo Labo, the VR kit, uh, is out in stores. Um, we already talked about it earlier in the show. So, uh, you know, enough said about that. It's really just like a, it's a starter kit. Uh, with like the VR headset, it, uh, and we have, we've also talked about this in other episodes too. Um, so I don't want to regurgitate too much, uh, but it's just a, your basic VR headset for the Switch. So yeah, I think my biggest yeah. thing is just the whole playing Zelda in it. I really want to see how that turns out. Um, 
I want to, of course, you know, hear impressions about it, but then I might just bite the bullet and might do, might do like a little quick look about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a little bit after that, April 18th, we have Cuphead heading to the Switch. So hype. Uh, have you, what a great have you, game to, to have portable, you know? It's like, yeah. So good. And I feel like it, it'll, it really works with like the whole nature of the Switch. Yeah. Being able to like you know pull the Joy-Con out, pass it to a friend, and both of you guys playing, I think that's really cool. Um, and it's cheap too, so it's if you're looking for a good co-op game, uh, or if you're just looking for a good uh, side scroller, uh, definitely look into it. It's a great game. Oh yeah. Uh, next up, uh, April 23rd, we have two games coming out. Uh, first up, we have Mortal Kombat 11. So, mm-hmm. we've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. I, and, and by excitement, it's more like it's tempered excitement because of how I feel <laughs> about, I guess, how I feel about fighting games right now. Like, I'm a right. fan, but I'm not like, you know, super crazy about them. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a cat. I'm, I'm a casual. Like I'd rather. I don't mind sitting back watching two really good players play a fighting game, but I'm not going to be the person that's going to, you know, stay in the lab all week and like figure out frame data for characters. Right. Which I mean, I think that the the um, NetherRealm Studios, like they're typically good at that. Like, like they're good at balancing the hardcore and the and the the casual player of, of their games. You know. Like they'll they'll pull them in with like the visceral thrills, the the fatalities, the 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 intros, the characters, the way the characters interact with each other. You know that pulls people into story modes. The single player content for their their games are is usually spectacular. Um, you know, but they've got the depth to keep people kind of going. Uh, you know, in tournaments and things like that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a different pickup if like you've enjoyed any of the Re- Netherrealm games of like the past like. I don't say past decade, but just just in general, if you enjoy their games, um, yeah. I feel like with every game that they put out, they've in you know they've improved on something. Like they've you know fine tuned the game to make make each uh, release like a better release. So right. I definitely feel like the graphics engine looks a lot better in this game. Um, just the character models look really good. So. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm more excited to see how, like, what the story is in this game. Cause it's like, that's another prop to Netherrealm is that their, uh, their story modes have been really good. I want to say, like, best in the, you know, industry for, like, fighting game wise. Yeah. I would probably say so. Like, they're definitely the most entertaining for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, Mortal Kombat 11, the 23rd, also on the 23rd. And this is the game that I, I, I know I want to get, but I'll end up like buying on impulse either when it comes out or later down the road. But Dragon's Dogma Dark Risen mm-hmm. is being re-released on the Switch, and I believe also on Xbox One. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's being, yeah, it's being released on like different systems, but now it's you know it's out on what it feels like every major system right now. And uh, if you don't know about it, it's basically what um what at least what I feel that like you know Skyrim is like one of like the best like 
open world like RPGs like out there. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like Dragon's Dogma had the luxury of being released a little bit after. So yeah. when it comes down to like the animations, when it comes down to like the combat and like how you move in a world, like it's mm-hmm. a one compared to Skyrim. Yeah, it was a different. So what I liked about Dragon's Dogma, and it wasn't a game I completed, but it was a game I played uh, quite a bit of. I want to say on the Xbox 360, um, it was a game I really enjoyed the combat for. Like it was, it felt really deep, and you had a lot of systems to work with, and a lot of different classes, um, and I really appreciated that. And it was that sort of that that sort of depth that I really was craving at that time. Like in my like action RPG you know, the, the random craving I had for that, like, it satisfied it quite a bit. Yeah, so, and, like, and with it being, you know, on the Switch, being mobile, I feel like what's gonna get me to decide to either pick it up day one or to wait, it's just, I just want to hear how the handheld uh, portion is. Like, if it's smooth, if it's, you know... If it runs really well, then I'll probably pick it up. I'll impulse, but like if not, eh, I'll, I'll probably wait until it's on sale. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a very good game, though. But yeah, definitely. So if you're if you're itching for a you know a fun RPG for the Switch, definitely look into it. Uh, next up, we have Days Gone on April 26. Mm. So Rod, I. What do you feel about Days Gone? You did um, that on purpose. <laughs> you definitely did that on purpose. Um, you know, man. You know, it, it, it it's it's we're gonna see. <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna see how this game is, man. I am not specifically looking forward to this game. Um, you know, okay, you know, it, it, did I send you the? TV spot that came out for this like a couple days ago. Yeah, you did. I did. Okay. Did you Did you see it? Yeah. Um. That was all right. You know, I watched the I watched a five minute gameplay video of like you know it was this PR you know Sony put released this thing about like you know hey here's you know Sony Bend talking about like how great it was to work on the game like and that's and that's great you know I wanted to see like more gameplay of it. Um. And, you know, it doesn't look like – it doesn't look bad. Like, it doesn't look to me like a, a bad game, but it's, it's twofold for me. The problem my, – my problem right now with Days Gone is twofold, one of which is the concept itself. Just nothing intrigues me about it. Like, literally nothing looks interesting in the fact – nothing is pulling me in to, like, this world or the, the story, like, Freakers – freakers like like i don't know i just everything about the aesthetic of this game is just it just looks so gray and drab and like horizon had like these i don't mean to compare like you know games i'm just thinking about like sony first party games released recently but like you know horizon had like you know this spectacular like motif of like mechanical dinosaurs and like this big open you know environment and god of war was super colorful like it's it's you know i don't know man like this doesn't there's something about it aesthetically that just doesn't grab me um and the second thing that kind of bothers me is that i don't really know what you do 
in this game. Like, like it's being billed as like an open world survival game. But usually when, usually when I hear that, it's like I think of like No Man's Sky. I think of like, um, oh my god, what's the other game? Um, Subnautica, like something like I know it's not those games. You're not like just. I know it's not those specifically, but like, is surviving like is that the game? Is there more? I know there's like a story to it, but is it's, it more like mm-hmm. it's a story driven game? So like, think I want to say think uh, I I want to say think Last of Us, but in that like zombie apocalyptic environment. If it was something like State of Decay, I could get behind that because State of Decay. That's how you do a survival zombie game. Like that, that game I could play all day for eternity. Um, Days Gone, I just doesn't see, like, I, I don't have a clear sense of what my goals are in that game. Um, or what really even the hook is besides look how many zombies we put on the screen, which is cool. That's, that's awesome. I think that that's a technical achievement and Sony Ben should be like congratulated for that. I think what they've done is really great technically but i just don't see what makes that a compelling gameplay experience for me um but we'll see man i'm I'm probably the game is going to come out i'm probably going to buy it because we're going to talk about it um i don't know i'm just not excited about it I, right. what about you Greg? so so this is how i want to set this up so okay um i guess two things for me well i guess one thing for this with Days Gone, my whole thing is that now, I guess now, I'm starting to see more advertising for it. I'm starting to see more PR stuff for it. So uh, that whole question mark is starting to, like, unfold itself. Because um, my biggest thing was, like, I, I didn't really know what the game was about. Like, when you when I brought up, you know, The Last of Us, like, you hear about The Last of Us, they, they introduced it as a story and story first, and you cared about the characters, and this, I feel like they showed off the game, more or less the gameplay of, like, fighting a bunch of zombies and, like, trying to, like, get out of, like, which I feel like is going to be the gameplay loop of this game, of, like, having to go to, like, an area, like a warehouse or something like that, um, interact with a person, uh, a big noise goes off, it attracts the horde of zombies, and you have to escape. I literally feel like that's what this game is going to be. And... At that, I feel like if there isn't a story to really make me care about these characters, and if the story is too short, I feel like that's going to be the downfall of Days Gone. But if they're able to make a story where we care, uh, change up how the gameplay is, like because right now it seems super basic. Right. Uh, that's that's where I can see where it's going to be good. So like I, and for me, it's a huge question mark. Like, I want to be excited for this game, but there's certain things that I'm seeing that I'm like, oh, I'm not too sure about this. Because by right. now, um, uh, we would we would have gotten, you know, bigger publications to, like, do big spreads about explaining what the game really is at this point. And mm-hmm. we haven't really gotten that too much. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which, which I, I hesitate to put, like, the game's quality just on, like, the lack of marketing. But I do think that there may be a nugget of truth in there. Um. You know, like, I, I think that it hasn't been out. It, there's a possibility that it hasn't been out there for a reason. I don't want to get too conspiracy theorist about it, but, like, you know, it's worth noting. Yeah. And my second point is a game that I forgot to mention a little bit earlier before, but with us talking about 
he's gone, sort of rejog my memory. But on April 16th, World War Z is being released. And, Rod, have you had a chance to look at any of the gameplay for World War Z? Uh, no. Oh, Should wow. I? So, World War Z sort of gives, like, a really heavy Left 4 Dead vibe. Like, super heavy Left 4 Dead vibe. As in, like, it's, you know, you're the whole wave bait. No, here's, I'll, I'll pull back even more. When okay. you're looking at, like, the PR, like, the trailers, the gameplay, like, explanation type of trailers, the way they explain, like, the way they're, like, presenting this game and explaining this game, they they literally make it sound like they're, they're talking about Left 4 Dead. Like, they talk about having a game director that sees how you're playing, and if you're, you know... If you're playing poorly or if you're, if the game is, you know, being, you know, hard at you by like throwing too many, you know, zombies at you, the game director will then like, uh, set it up where you'll find really good weapons down the road or uh, vice, vice versa. If you're making it through the level really easily, the game director will then start throwing specific, uh, type of zombies at you. So just sort of like Left 4 Dead. You'll see, like, these charger-type enemies. You'll see, like, these, you know, witch or pouncer-type of enemies that'll, like, you know, like, jump on you, pounce on you. Hmm. Literally sort of like Left 4 Dead. And I feel like everyone has been waiting for a new Left 4, Left 4 Dead game. That sounds actually kind of cool. So, so so what's setting this apart from something like, um, something like, what's that game? Killing Floor. Um, I, I like the like from what I've seen so far of the game, it honestly looks like how Left 4 Dead was set up, where like you're set in a scenario of getting from one place to another. Okay. As opposed to um, Killing Floor, where it was just like the whole wave base in one specific area. Okay. okay. And and for me. It's always this is always going to be like a, a kicker for me. It's the price of the game. It's not going to be a sixty dollars game. It's actually going to release as a forty dollars game. Mm, okay, setting your expectations at the appropriate level. Okay, exactly. So, uh, like I said, World War Z releasing April sixteenth, which um, is actually just right around the corner. So, th- like I said, like this month is full of heavy hitters. Uh, it's going to be. I don't know, like, uh, I'm gonna have to pick and choose what I pick up. Uh, the way, like, the gameplay has been sort of shown off for World War Z, that may be a game that I pick up. Uh, like we said, we were talking about, uh, Days Gone. That one, uh, looks like it's probably gonna be a pickup. Um. Yeah, you've already gotten that game, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat 11, if you're into fighters, that's another, like, automatic for a lot of people. And then, uh, <clears throat> last on this list that I have is another re-release, which, now that I'm looking at this, half of this list is like re-releases, but these are re-releases of good games. Um, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, uh, that'll be out April 30th on the Switch and I believe Xbox as well. Yeah, which is cool. I like that the Switch is, is getting all they're, they're, it's getting all those these RPGs I like that. Yeah, uh, earlier this month they got Final Fantasy VII. Seven and nine. And nine. Yeah. So um, the Switch is. Definitely, like, it's being shown support 
you know, by these companies, these third party companies, which I feel like is good. Uh, right now, we don't have too many first party like heavy hitters right now. So yeah. this is where your, you know, your partnership with your third party uh, partners comes in. Yeah, exactly. So uh, with that, I mean, any any of these games that we talk about, anything that you're looking forward to? Um, I would say that, you know, I, I will say this as much as I, I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to, um, seeing what Days Gone is at, like actually ends up being. Um, I mean, I'd be looking forward to the game itself, but I think I'm looking forward to the conversation around that game more than anything. Um, I would say out of what we mentioned, that World War Z game actually sounded really cool. Um, I wasn't expecting that actually. So that sounds really neat. Um, and Cuphead, I'm definitely gonna pick Cuphead up. It's like twenty bucks, I think. So um, I think that'll be a pickup for me. All right, nice. So with that, we that's another episode, episode seven in the bag. In the uh, bag, we're almost at and, ten, double digits. Oh yeah, exactly. So um, like I said, uh, I guess this is the part where we're you know rolling out the red carpet, giving out our you know our shout outs and everything. Uh, Rod, got any got anything going on? Anything you want to shout out? Uh, I would like to shout out, you know, I do this every week. I do this every week, but you know, shout out to everybody who's checked us out, man. Um, I was, we were looking at some of the numbers pre-show, um, and I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Like I'm, I'm, it's not really about like just raw numbers when it comes down to it. It's about doing the show because we like doing the show. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I won't speak for Chris here, although he may feel similarly, but, you know, I wouldn't be doing this, you know, every week if it wasn't fun. You know, we're both busy people uh, wanting to do, you know, a lot of things with our time during the week. Um, you know, we, we have limited time. So, like, to, to sit down and do this um, for a, a few hours every week is, like, you know, it's I'm not going to say it's taxing. But, like, you know, it's, it takes time, you know, and it's got to be something that you really enjoy doing. So, uh, so yeah, definitely enjoy people checking us out, whether it's on the Facebook page or whether it's listening to the show or, or anything else like that. I uh, really, really appreciate everybody. Yeah. So, um, definite shout out to, uh, our top fans. So on Facebook, we, you know, we, we, we joined that page, you know, uh, uh, group where like we have top fans now. So shout out to, Everyone that's like that's joined uh, the the page, that's followed the page. Uh, people that like the content that we post, that comment. Like, if you have the chance, you see our content. Um, like, and you feel like co- that compelled to actually like you know join the conversation. Like, please do. Like, I honestly want to hear more from you guys. So you know, definitely. Like, if you're gonna like, uh, go ahead and comment too. Uh, like just jump into the conversation and I want to get to the point where we'll take these comments and bring it onto the show and you know have a conversation based on that um, like I said shout out to the top fans that like they show up for like the streams they share the streams share our uh, you know our content on Facebook like that's a really big help and it, sh- it shows a lot of love like you know me and Rod off off you know, a stream where we're talking about like how we could, you know, you know, you know, pay it forward to you guys and like thank you guys for it. And that's stuff that's, you know, in the works right now. So like we're really excited that we're, you know, in a position to do stuff like this. So mm-hmm. uh that's a definite, you know there's a really good feeling about it. Yeah. Um yeah. Really excited. Uh earlier this week, 
I did a pace, uh, a poll on Facebook, and I asked you guys if you guys are interested in me doing a Super Smash Brothers open lobby stream, and a ton of you guys actually responded well to it. So, uh, shout out to Said the Second if you um, watch our streams. He's been on it a couple times. He's uh, from Sasquatch Gaming, a YouTube channel who they they started up um, maybe a couple months ago, and. Uh, you know, it's a small channel, but like they love they love what they're doing, similar to us. They love what they're doing. And I love that like you know, unfortunately I don't know, wait, I don't love that. Unfortunately, this is what happened, but unfortunately, like something happened where like they had to like you know, pause, take time off to stop doing the content. But through us I feel like through us, you know, doing should I play that, through trying to build a community on Facebook, like it's sort of like re-inspired them to get back into doing their content like that's at the end of the day like that's that's another thing that i love that we could do is to continue the conversation inspire people to like do what they love doing and just building the community that's what it's all about so um we're gonna have said the second he's gonna help shoutcast the uh the fights on stream and of course we'll be you know joining in on some of the fights if everything works out um, I want to see us do tournaments, like online tournaments and stuff like that, and you know, give out prizes for that. So that would be great. That's definitely going to be fun, but you know, it it just falls down to participation and like people showing up and doing it. So right. yeah, um, you want free stuff? Come join. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and more or less, like, don't feel like you're, you know, just it's, it's it it should just feel like I don't I don't want people that are just there to like win free stuff. Like, I, <laughs> right, I want, right. Yeah, I want you know I want you guys to actually like enjoy being there and have fun as yeah, part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. But you know, with that, that's episode seven. Um and I'm excited about this. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, mm-hmm. Spotify, mm-hmm. Stitcher, mm-hmm. and now on Anchor FM. Oh baby, that's yep. pretty good. That's actually really good. Yeah, so we we joined the Anchor FM family. Um, so if you found us through that, thank you for joining. If you found us through any of the other ways, once again, welcome to the family. Welcome to the squad. The brand is hopefully <laughs> frolic. I want us to be frolic. Yes. And uh, that's that's the show this week, guys. Thanks for joining. Stay beastly, drink your drink water, moisturize, take your vitamins, meditate, and just give thanks for just another day. Yeah. Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Stay beastly. Peace. <laughs>